exclusively on Paramount Plus. Get ready Vamanos. to explore like never before. Swiper no swiping. Oh man! Swing into action. We need your help. With a girl who put adventure <laughs> on the map. I don't think I can do it, Dora. I'll protect you, Boots. Together, we've got this. Todos juntos! Yeah! Dora, the brand new series. Stream with your family now, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode of All I Want for Christmas is This Podcast is brought to you by the TV Guide Podcast Network and Golden Age, an awards season's podcast. Join TV Guide Editor-in-Chief Christopher Rosen every Friday as he tracks the ups and downs of awards season in the time of streaming platforms. Will Netflix win its first Best Picture? How can Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus shape the future of the future? What do you need to know between now and the 2020 Oscars? Subscribe now to Golden Age wherever you stream your podcasts for the answers. Season's greetings and welcome to TV Guides. All I want for Christmas is this podcast. I am your host, Julia Lechner, and I am rocking around the Christmas tree and into your podcast feed every Tuesday and Thursday this holiday season to break down the must-watch seasonal films you need to see this year. A little later in the show, we are going to hear from actress Aisha D about her new free-form holiday movie, Ghosting, The Spirit of Christmas. But first, I am joined by TV Guide associate editor Megan Vick. She is here to chat about Noel, which premiered on Disney Plus on November 12th. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Um, I know that when Disney Plus launched, this was probably not your first stream. It was not. Mandalorian was the number one for you? Mandalorian was number one and followed very, very closely by High School Musical, the musical, the series. I love it. I, you know, we're deep into holiday movie season, so I went straight to Noel. I'm going to be honest because, (laughs) and Mandalorian might have to be a new year stream for me because there's just so much Christmas content on there. There is. There's a lot, especially because of the library content. So you get all of those classic Mickey specials. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol on repeat all day, every day. Um, But Noel was my first watch. So in case people haven't watched it yet, I'm going to give a little summary of the movie and then we can let them know what we thought of Noel. Noel, Chris Kringle's daughter, played by Anna Kendrick, is full of Christmas spirit but wishes she could do something important like her brother Nick, played by Bill Hader, who will take over for her father this Christmas. When Nick is about to crumble like a gingerbread cookie from all the pressure, Noel suggests he takes a break and gets away, but when he doesn't return, Noel must find her brother and bring him back in time to save Christmas. Very easy Christmas plot to follow. So easy. Um, This movie opens by us being introduced to Santa Claus, his wife, and his two adorable children. It turns out Anna and Bill are the little kid versions of them, are the kids of Santa. So at first you think they're just two normal kids getting a Santa visit. And it turns out he's their dad. which is very adorable. Um, Then it kind of follows a Christmas movie trope that's happened in a few of these where um, Santa Claus is promptly killed off, and then we're told there's a new Santa Claus, which, moment of silence for first Santa. I know. Disney loves to kill a parent, though. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very common, but it's always sad early when I'm like, gosh, first 10 minutes we're losing a Santa Claus. This, you know, my heart can't handle (laughs) these movies and then we find out bill Hader is training to be the new santa uh and is failing miserably yeah this is another big christmas movie trope reluctant santa yes very is fred claus that's always my go-to with vince vaughn he like doesn't want to do it but has to do it and he's very vince vaughn about it yeah well also like tim allen and the santa claus where he doesn't want to do it yes again like dead santa injured santa and then has to become santa but really doesn't want to be yeah 
Which honestly, guys, based on the workload, I get not wanting to be Santa. It seems super stressful. And this movie, like Billy Eichner comes in a little bit. He's the head of tech and he's trying to make it easier. Yeah. And it still seems like it's too much. Yeah. So it opens with like no one is super interested in being Santa um, other than little Anna Kendrick when she's a kid asks her dad, Santa, like, what can I do someday? My brother's going to be Santa. What do I do? And Santa just says, like, be supportive of your brother. So we kind of know the whole movie, like, okay, at some point, Anna Kendrick's yeah. going to be Santa, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's not like a last Christmas level twist. Like, we know from the get-go that... <laughs> but also, it was a little, like, weird that there's so much to do, and the only thing they could give her at the outset was, like, make cards for everybody. It's like, that's not... No, there's so many... Th- like, even if she wasn't Santa, being, like, Santa's, like, first assistant director or something. Yeah was an available option. Yeah, they kind of just give her, they do kind of call her a princess type. So she sort of just sits in her room. She makes cute cards. She goes shopping. She likes reading magazines, um, but clearly is like meant to become Santa. Yeah. Bill Hader is a very bad He's so bad. He can't land that sleigh to save his life. He can't land a sleigh. He's not jolly. He doesn't have a twinkle in his eye. He's cold all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I can identify. You grew up in the North Pole. You should be able to adapt at some point. He does not. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Billy Eichner in a role I very much enjoy in this movie is like a tech guru. He's their cousin, Gabe, and wants to turn Christmas into an Amazon Prime. I guess he's the villain of the movie. Like if there's a villainous character, he's the closest to it. Kind of a little bit. I think what I also loved about this for Billy Eichner is like they you, people usually maximize his like over the topness. He's always at an 11. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate about this movie. Like he stated about an eight. Yeah. He didn't yell at anyone once. I think there might have been one scene, but everyone was yelling. So it was like acceptable. Yeah. And that was a, I was like, oh, so Billy Eichner can just talk like a normal human being. He's just like laid back tech bro. At one point when he starts to go white hair, like to become Santa, he's still got like a man bun, hoodie jackets. They're definitely going for like a tech bro vibe. And he just wants to make Christmas more efficient, like Amazon Prime, which in some ways it's, you know. He's not wrong. That's what I love. He was like, even as a villain, I was like, he's making some points. He's He's ruining the spirit of Christmas, but like he's making some points. (laughs) He's coming in. He's trying to make things more efficient and innovative. He's got GPS geolocation in the sleigh. Um, he makes an algorithm to decide if kids are naughty or nice. And, and sends them emails. Yeah. He gives, he gives them performance reviews. And he determines most kids are naughty and then kind of lists off, like, they don't brush their teeth. They don't do this. They don't do that. Which, yeah. you know... I'm sure there's more than 2,000 nice kids in the world because that's the number he ends up planting on. But I kind of admire that he's like strict Santa, like, I'm going to make you work for it. Do you think you would have been a good kid? What would your evaluation email have read? I honestly think he would have said, like, I can tell you're trying, but, like, you need to step it up. And I would have taken the note and worked harder. (laughs) I think I had some good things about me, but there were definitely rooms, you know, room for improvement. He has yeah. the bar really high. And maybe we should set the bar high. <laughs> you know, especially because every kid is asking for an iPad. Like that needs. Yes. I'm glad you brought up iPads, Megan, because this movie is heavy on product placement. There are everyone in the movie wants an iPad, which I guess is kind of a recurring joke. And then at one point, my husband pointed out like, wow, there's a lot of iPad product placement. Um, there's also a lot of product placement from, you know, Noelle tells her brother, Bill Hader, hey, you clearly don't love training to be Santa. Why don't you take a weekend somewhere? So Bill Hader goes to Phoenix, Arizona and does not return. So Anna Kendrick has to go find 
Bill Hader. Um, and when she lands, she lands in the middle of a mall in Phoenix, and all the establishing shots are brands from the yeah. mall. Yeah. Um, so we see like real nice shots like Michael Kors, Taco Bell, Saks Fifth Avenue. Like they like everyone is getting their advertising. Best Buy. I see some Best Buy logos in there. <laughs> I mean, if any company was going to find a way to make extra money off of this. It was Disney. Yeah, Tommy Hilfiger. Like, they did not have to pay to make this movie because there are lots of ads within this movie. Um, so she lands at a mall uh, and then just has to find Bill Hader in it. So it is one of those Christmas movies that we do establish the North Pole early in, but the bulk of the film is not in a cold weather climate. No, but it was. I did have fun watching the North Pole people struggle to different degrees of being in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. There was that elf vibe for sure of her like getting acclimated to a new climate. Literally, she's in the wrong clothing for Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I do have a dispute. I feel like there's selective amounts of uh, how much people are connected. Like Gabe, Billy Eichner, tech bro, clearly using the internet. But Anna Kendrick shows up in Phoenix and like doesn't know what sunblock is. Is jingle jangling car keys above her head like she's never seen car keys before um kind of that whole like i'm from another land and i don't know what the north pole is but she had magazines and presumably the internet in the north pole i feel like she could have prepared i didn't think about it that way especially because like (laughs) that's like a great point that billy eichner has all of this tech and they are cousins it's not like they never so she did have access to like cell phones and those sorts of things and then she gets yeah she tries to eat sunblock at one point yes she does squirt sunblock in her mouth and says it tastes bad which is funny but again is you know like i think she had enough access to know like what sunblock would be even if she's never used it yeah you know if you grow up in florida you still have heard of well she was was reading tropical magazine so undoubtedly there has to be sunblock ads in those magazines yeah so you know could have done a little research but that's fine (laughs) So she lands in Phoenix and then is just trying to find where her brother Bill Hader is. Um, Along the way, she meets a man who's a private eye and also has a son. And there's a storyline of him and the son are going to be separated at Christmas because the the private eye and his wife have divorced. And he's wondering, like, can I come see my son on Christmas? Are we spending it separately? There's also a very minor storyline that's unnecessary of, like, the mall manager has a crush on a man who works at Petco. And, like, we see that Petco branding. You better believe it. And then I guess we're supposed to root for them coupling up. Yeah. At the end. That's actually, like, the strongest romantic storyline of the whole... That's a stronger romantic storyline than Anna Kendrick and Kingsley Benadire, who people might recognize from the OA. Yes. Um, the, you kind of feel like there could be a romantic storyline between the two of them, but it ultimately does not end up being romantic, yeah. which I'm also okay with. Like, not everything yeah. has to involve two people falling in love. It can just be, like, two friends helping each other out. I felt the same way. I was I was there for it. If they did it, I was going to be all in on it. And then yeah. I was like, but I'm also okay. Because they had so many Christmas tropes that were going on. You had reluctant Santa. You have... Uh, Anna Kendrick learns, like, the true meaning of Christmas throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. um, and and sort of, like, learning true responsibility. And they're bouncing a lot. So I was like, okay, we don't have to have, like, romantic kissing under the mistletoe. But also, yeah. if you had done it, I wouldn't. We would be okay with it. I'd be all right. All right. We're going to take one quick break. We'll be right back with more on Noel right after this. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. 
How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. And we are back. We are talking Noel on Disney+. Plus. As you mentioned, we don't get a romantic storyline from this movie, but we do see Anna Kendrick hanging out, getting help from a private eye so she can track down her brother. Uh, it turns out Bill Hader is now teaching yoga in Phoenix. Christmas yoga. Christmas-themed themed yoga. <laughs> um, but they still feel the need to bring him back to the North Pole, which he is reticent to do. Um you know, I just support everyone being able to take their own path. Like, clearly he's not feeling the Santa thing. <laughs> um, but I guess Santa's, like, things aren't going well in the North Pole, and they still haven't figured out, like, a woman can be Santa. Yeah, there's there were, some there's some rampant sexism going on in the North Pole. Yeah, I know this movie's trying to be progressive on the woman can be Santa thing, but I felt like it was two hours of me waiting for everyone to realize, like, a woman can be Santa. Instead of making it a big deal, why not just open with like, hey, so we're in a world where like women can be Santa and then here's her exploits instead of like the whole movie of like, when are we going to find out this woman can be Santa? (laughs) It also, I know I started off this, I like, I really did enjoy this movie a lot more than I thought it was going to. But one of the things I will say is that it's a little uneven. They start off with like, oh, she's a spoiled princess who doesn't know how to do anything. But then she's like, she's more tapped into the true meaning of Christmas and what it means to be as santa than bill Hader ever is yeah and that felt a little uneven i was like well is she the spoiled princess that doesn't get it or is she the one that gets it better than everyone and she's just looking waiting for everybody to notice that she's really good at this yeah if anything bill Hader seems the most self-aware that he's just like straight up i don't want to be santa i love living in phoenix and teaching yoga i support my sister doing this but is just very honest about yeah what he wants and there just needed to be some like better communication in the class family yeah what were you rooting for throughout the movie? Did you want to see more of the storyline of the private investigator and his son or more Bill Hader? I mean, it's a very Anna Kendrick fo- focused movie. I also should call out she does have an elf named Polly played by the legendary Shirley MacLaine who's yes. following her around in the movie as well. Um, but is there something more you wanted to see from Noel? I think I wanted to see more of that family dynamic of like, because I think that's the most interesting thing. It was like, how does Santa Claus's family work? And we spend a lot of time with her, but it's like, like, there's not a lot of like her relationship with her mother is weird. And her mother also dismisses her a lot. And it's like, well, why is that happening? Because she starts off, she is the most eager about when we meet her as a little girl, she's the most eager about Christmas. She has all the spirit. And I just like, I never really understood why they dismissed her so easily. Mm-hmm. And then sort of like, yeah, like she goes to Phoenix. She spends a lot of time in Phoenix before she finds Bill Hader. And when they get together, it's kind of like one conversation. He was like, I don't I don't want to do this. Can we just not do it? And I feel like I wanted a little bit more focused on that Klaus family dynamic because that's what the movie should be about. Yeah. And there was a lot more about like, oh, she doesn't know what sunblock is. Yeah. There's a lot of Phoenix time, um, which at least in the film Elf, I I feel like there are a lot of parallels between Elf and this movie in that it's like a fish out of water, North Pole person now learning to live in the United States. Um, But at least in New York, you get a little bit more Christmassy setting. This is a really like Hollywoody note. So I don't know if everyone notices it, but what's up with the lighting in Phoenix? (laughs) The lighting in this movie is really weird. The sun or the lights or whatever's going on at a strange angle throughout all the Phoenix shots, like low in the sky and really weird. I guess 
I don't want to hate on Phoenix, but yeah, I've just had like there was I think a bit too much time spent. Did of they her actually wandering film through it Phoenix. in Phoenix, or did, is it L.A. faking Phoenix, I, which is easy to do? They're not that diff- different. I presume they're not in Phoenix, but I I'm not entirely sure. I just yeah. found the lighting in general to be a little strange, and also the CGI to not maybe be like at the level we want. Most notably yeah. with the reindeer, one of whom is cute snow cone, who's a tiny reindeer. But I'm like, yeah. these are the people who made Marvel movies. We can spend a little more time perfecting snow cone well, in the all group. Of that, all, all that money went to the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> it did not go toward this. Um, but yeah, we do have a lot of wandering around Phoenix time that I think we could yeah. have gotten some more holiday magic Yeah, going on. <laughs> um, but eventually she does bring Bill Hader back to the North Pole because things have just gotten so wild with Billy Eichner turning yeah. this into Amazon Christmas. Um, and then that is when we finally find out. It never really says anywhere that a woman can't be Santa. She can be Santa. Yeah. Then she becomes Santa. I will say, I like actually teared up with her, like, this is the true meaning of Christmas speech. It got to me more than I thought it was going to. And I've seen many, many, many true meaning of Christmas speeches. But yeah. I thought that was like really well executed. I was like, oh, I can actually see some real character growth. What's going on here? Um, So I was really impressed with that. And I was like, again, I was ready to like not like this movie because full disclosure, I'm not an Anna Kendrick stan. I can take or leave Anna Kendrick. I don't need her necessarily. I know that's blasphemous to say to some people. It's okay. Speak your truth. <laughs> you know, um, I'm okay. So I was like, okay, this is, oh God, she's going to be, she can be annoying. Okay just get through it but I, I actually felt like it was really enjoyable and when I got to that I was like oh I'm feeling real feelings for her and I'm glad that she finally figured it out and there's more to Christmas than iPads yeah there is a nice like lack of materialism speech at the end where she's like it's not about gifts it's about bonding with your families and there's people out there who don't have nice things on Christmas and we should help them out and it's yeah. a very beautiful speech and then she becomes Santa and is still having a little bit of self-doubt because Santa-ing is really hard as we yeah. learn driving a sleigh of reindeers challenging she's wearing this big frumpy outfit and apparently it will tighten up and fit her perfectly once she like truly yeah assumes the throne and becomes santa which happens after she arrives at a homeless shelter and helps the people there and then finally the suit fits yeah. and she has become santa claus well, at the homeless shelter there's a little deaf girl that she is bonded with and the, it's the deaf girl being like thanks santa that does it and i was like i can't believe this is happening <laughs> why are we it's so okay she's santa because the girl believes okay i get it it's a she's beautiful gonna... thing it's yeah. good to tear up by the end of a Christmas movie. It means it, you know, did its job and made you feel. We just yeah. want to feel in these movies. Um, and then, the, you know, it just comes with her full circle. She sees the private investigator friend again. He yeah. hangs out with his son on Christmas, which was his son's Christmas wish, was to spend it with his entire family. And then it wraps up. Yeah. But she's Santa. And she's going to see him every day on December 24th, which kind of leaves the door open for a Noel too. Yeah, of just her, what sort of challenge comes up that she has to face as yeah. Santa, or if there's a year where they need some sort of help with Christmas, or a year without Santa Claus, whatever. Well, the also, like, the thing is. becomes like now that she is Santa, like, and it's been in her family for all these years, she has to get married and have a kid to be the next Santa. And what sort of, how do you have a kid when you're trying to be Santa? You know, I hadn't even thought about this, but you're right. There needs to be some sort of Santa lineage that she has not. What do you do when Santa's <laughs> on maternity leave? Like, these are big things. Or Santa's eight months pregnant. And who do you couple up with? There's so few people in the North Pole. Yeah. Do you Maybe leave? the private eye doesn't want to move to the North Pole. 
Is there a matchmaking service with that large of a radius to couple you up with someone who lives outside of the <laughs> right? North Pole? And then you got to deal with, again, the sexism of, is someone okay being Mr. Claus without being Santa? Yeah. There's a lot of unanswered things at the end that I hadn't even thought yeah. of. Disney was, Plus, call us. We're ready. <laughs> it was a lot this. of, yeah, it was a lot of time of me waiting to see, like, I think we're on, we all know she's going to be Santa. Let's just see her be Santa. Yeah. At the end. They actually spent so long getting there that I was like, oh, is she end up just going to end up being Bill Hader's assistant? Like, she's, like, that's the thing. <laughs> she's, like, the football coach, the Santa coach. Yeah. And I was that- like, okay, no, she's she should be Santa. Great. I agree. I thought it could potentially go in the manager situation toward the end of like maybe she's just really good at, and wants to be behind the scenes because not everyone has to be the star of the show. Yeah. If they don't want to be. Um, were there any elements of her becoming Santa you liked the most? I per- I personally really liked seeing that she is supposed to be able to speak every language. Yeah. So suddenly she realizes she can understand people speaking in languages that aren't English. She can also do ASL and she didn't realize she could do ASL. So it's fun to see her discover that she is fluent in everything. Yeah. I think that was my favorite part too. Especially there's a mean girl that ends up like when she's trying to convince Bill Hader to be Santa at the Phoenix mall, just like give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And this little girl comes sits on his and he can't tell who's bad or good. And she just seems like, oh, you were mean to that other girl. No, get out of here. Yeah. That was also super fun. Watching Anna Kendrick call out a mean kid because she just like read her soul and was able to stare into her darkness and say, <laughs> you're a bad kid. Yeah. You know, that was a formative moment for that little girl. And hopefully she turned things around and was nicer. <laughs> I loved her parents being right there, too, being like, that's your best friend. Like, her, the parents having to realize that their child is evil. Yeah. That yeah. was, yeah. I enjoyed watching that as well. <laughs> Those realization moments. Um, and again, just special shout out to Billy Eichner. He's a joy when he's in everything. If anything, I would have loved to have more of, like, his tech bro version of Christmas. Yeah. I don't think he was evil in it. He was just trying to come up with more workplace efficiencies and to also, help out. And like... Look at the position that he's in. He found out he was going to be Santa like a week before Christmas. And he's like, well, we have to find out a way to get this done. Yeah. There's no reindeer. The reindeer are gone in Phoenix. Like, why don't we try automated delivery? And he just gets shut down. Yeah. Poor Billy Eichner. Like, you guys want to do everything old fashioned. How do you plan? Like, he's he's like, at least I have a plan to get it done. You're saying no, but you don't have any alternative solutions. So, like. Yeah. As we've mentioned on the pod before, um, early and with Hallmark's Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses, I kind of went to bat a little bit for what is essentially their villainous character because she was the one person who just had a vision for the company (laughs) while the male lead was out just like hanging out with people and this woman was like running things on her own. Sometimes the villains are just people that are like, hey, someone has to be the adult in the room and like come up with a plan. Yeah. Billy Eichner, I'm sorry you had to be the bad guy in this, but you know. You're just trying to make make Christmas still happen. I wanna, Thank you. I want to point out, he also <laughs> did not want to be Santa. It was not like he was like trying to plan to get Bill Hader out of the way so he could take over and do Christmas his way. They were like, you're the next dude. Be Santa. And he's like, "Uh, no, I'm happy in the tech department. That's what I do. And they're like, no, you're going to be Santa. Yeah. He's like, well, if I'm going to be Santa, this is how I'm going to do it. And I was like, that's fair. There was no like calculation. He's just like, this is what I see as the most efficient way to do it. And you asked me to do this job. It's this true. is what you asked for. Unlike Bill Hader, he didn't skip town and shirk his responsibilities. No. He said, all right, I'm going to come in. Here's my way of making it a 2019 version of Christmas. Yeah. And then he gets shut down. Yeah. Gabe, I you mean, deserved better. May you did. have a spinoff. <laughs> I would a, watch that. A spinoff where he teaches us to code and how you know what the tech version of Christmas could look like. I'm here for it. I would love a Billy Eichner standalone. <laughs> yeah. 
More Billy Eichner, please. Yes, please. Megan, uh, as we always do on the podcast, we rate these movies between one and five. Um, And because one of my other favorite characters, besides Billy Eichner, was the reindeer named Snow Cone. The best. Because you just, you know, you want to see a little cute animal following people around. And Disney loves making like little birdies and bunnies and things that fly around people. So in this one, we get a reindeer. Um, So between one and five CGI reindeer, how would you rate the movie Noel on Disney Plus? You know what? I'm going to give it a solid four. That's a great rating. Yeah. There was, there was some, if you think about it too hard, which you should never think about a Christmas movie too hard. I don't can't help it. You can't. <laughs> Just that's not what they're for. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's something start to fall apart, but I feel like just pure enjoyment. I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I love it. And is this an annual rewatch for you? Do you think you'll be watching this in future Christmases? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, I mean that's fair. There's a lot yeah. of content on Disney Plus there's so far. My own, the only one that they do watch annually is The Holiday. I love that movie. Yeah. It's replaced Love Actually for me. It used to be Love Actually. And then I read too many think pieces about how problematic Love Actually is. And now it's the holiday? Now it's the holiday. The holiday is so cozy. It's just like, yeah. Jude Law, what do you need? I don't. Now I just have to think of him. Okay, but I need to rate this movie as well. Between one and five CGI reindeer. Um, As I mentioned, I have a few notes. Um, I don't want an iPad for Christmas. Does everyone want an iPad for Christmas? (laughs) Um, lots of scenes in malls, lots of scenes in hot Phoenix instead of the North Pole. Um, lots of Anna Kendrick talking. Maybe there could be some more time of the other people talking. Show us more Shirley MacLaine. Show us more Billy Eichner, you know? Yeah. Um, and Bill Hader's a funny guy, but he kind of has to be mopey in it. And I sort of wish he could have been more fun, you know? Yeah. He's a funny dude. It's a shame he had to be, like, bummed out in the movie. But his character's kind of, like, bummed out on Christmas, Bill Hader. What are you going to do? But at the same time, we see what the North Pole is like. We get a peek behind the curtain. Um, Billy Eichner's a delight. Snow Cone's a delight. Uh, Anna Kendrick's Christmas garb is a hit. I would love her closet. Oh, yeah. Um, Those candy cane leggings. 100%. You can't see, guys, but I'm wearing, like, a candy cane top right now. But I can't wear her full outfit because it's too hot to dress that way in Los Angeles. But I love her Christmas wardrobe. She's making seasonal cards. Like, they do really set a beautiful scene in the North Pole. And ultimately, even though I wish we could get to it sooner and we didn't have to drag out, like, a woman can be Santa, um, I'm happy that in the end they just did make the woman Santa. And little children called her Santa and it wasn't an issue. Um, So it is still progressive, even though it kind of takes a little while to get there and a couple, like, Petco commercials to get there. Yeah. So ultimately, Noel gets a five out of five CGI reindeer for me. Shocker, Julia. Yes. <laughs> you can stream this one on Disney Plus. You can put it on and leave the room and have your kids watch it. They're going to have a good time again, yeah. the spirit. Um, they might not be into Mandalorian, but they will be into this, the little ones, um, if only for Snow Cone. Thank you so much for joining me, Megan. My pleasure. To talk about Noelle. We're going to take one more quick break, and then we'll be right back to chat with actress and the bold type star, Aisha D, about her new freeform movie, Ghosting, The Spirit of Christmas. We'll be right back. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. 
Aisha, thank you so much for joining us on TV Guides. All I Want for Christmas is this podcast. You are starring in a new freeform original holiday movie this season, Ghosting, The Spirit of Christmas. Can you tell our fans a little bit about Ghosting and your role of Jess? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, Ghosting is a story about uh, ghosts and being ghosted and love and loss and kind of searching for meaning. Uh, and it's it's kind of uh, like a warm, you know, story about love and friendship. And um, I think it's I think it's something that people are going to really vibe with this Christmas. Absolutely. I know, you know, I think everyone out there can identify a little bit about with ghosting culture, which is very common now, which is why (laughs) I love the storyline of this movie that your character actually goes on a phenomenal first date. So she wants to keep pursuing it. But unfortunately, tragedy strikes and she inadvertently ghosts on Ben when she dies on the way home from the date. Can you tease a little bit for us about what that date is like and kind of being stuck in this purgatory of wishing you could get back with this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think everyone kind of knows what it's like to go on a terrible date. Um, Or I hope I'm not alone in that. (laughs) You are not alone. (laughs) Like, fair share of, like, awkward, awful dates. And so when you go on a good one, it's, like, kind of rare and uh, exciting. And uh, my character just kind of leaves this date, like, thinking into her future, like, what would it look like if they dated, and, you know, maybe they spend New Year's together, and all of that kind of goes awry, um, unfortunately, for everyone involved, and uh, Jess, for the rest of the movie, is a ghost. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you kind of see her uh, deal with, like, her, her regrets and all of the things she wished she maybe had have done, um, and you also kind of see... Uh, from Ben's point of view, like what it feels like to be ghosted. And, um, you, you know, I've, I've been ghosted uh, my, my fair share of times, but uh, I can also admit I have also been the ghostee. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> it's definitely very interesting to see both sides of that coin, you know? Absolutely. And Christmas movies do seem to be known for ghosts. So it's fun to see a modern take because, as you said, a lot of people have been on both the giving and receiving end of ghosting in 2019. Um, I mean, is it a Christmas movie if there's no ghosts? I don't think so. I don't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And your friend uh, Kara is the only person who can see and hear you. What was it like um, as an actress getting to experience that where you're kind of you know, only being able to interact with that one person while you're witnessing everything that's going on around you. You know, it's so funny because I remember our very first day of filming, it hadn't really occurred to me that that would be a thing until I got there in the scenes and there were all these people in these scenes, like, ignoring me. (laughs) And I really just wanted someone to make eye contact with me. Like, it, it made me kind of sad and frustrated and... And it made me feel kind of like lonely and isolated and um, all of those things I think are are what Jess feels when she's kind of stuck in this purgatory, like no man's land where she's still kind of here, but kind of not. And, you know, it can be kind of lonely, even if one person can see you, um, it can still feel kind of, you know, kind of lonesome. And to study for a role like this, is there a famous ghost that you tapped into? Did you go the Patrick Swayze route? Were you watching some adaptations of Christmas Carol? What what inspired you to to get to be the spirit of Christmas? 
Well, uh, you know, if I'm honest, I was really like tired when the when, like when when the script came through for this movie. I was like, no, like I we were finishing up like episode twenty of the Bold Type for that year, and I was kind of like, you know what? I am so tired. I don't think I can shoot something else. Like I think I'm done. And then I read the script and was like, it charmed me so much that I just was like, I have to do, <laughs> I have to do this because it's such an incredible script. And um, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time, there are no ghosts in this particular movie, but it was a movie of the week uh, with Brandy and Whitney, uh, the Brandy Cinderella. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> my favorite. It's like weird that that's what is, it's my favorite Cinderella in like the history of Cinderella movies. And I, I was like on the phone with my manager and I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to do a movie of the week. And then I was like, wait, hold on. Brandy and Whitney did a movie of the week. I can do a movie of the week. Let's go. Like, Absolutely. Cause I mean, that's, um, that's something I've rewatched at least 20 times in the last couple decades. Oh, so yeah, this is something absolutely. that people can rewatch forever. <laughs> Every Christmas, and it, it takes me like back back to my childhood. So hopefully, this movie can can be kind of a comforting, nostalgic thing for people too. Yes, and you did mention Freeform's The Bold Type, which fans love following you on. Um, how was this experience? A little <laughs> bit different. You do have quite a bit of TV experience. Um, what did you enjoy about getting to work on a film? Um, well, first of all, it was short, so <laughs> Mama got to have some sleep. Uh, when this was done, uh, you know, I'm constantly <laughs> surprised. Uh, yeah, it was different. And I, I also just, like, I really, I'm not very good at making friends. So um, I make friends by being on different sets and, like, kind of just taking random people with me. And it was really nice to just kind of be with a new group of people. And um, I was really blessed with a wonderful creative team. Our writer, Laura Donnie, is amazing. Uh, Kamiko Glenn is incredible, Kendrick Stenson, Jazz Raycall, like there's so many great, awesome people involved and uh, there are people that I'm now really lucky to call new friends. So <laughs> take that high school bully. <laughs> <laughs> is there an experience you got to have in this that was very different uh, from the bold type to sort of, you know, flex a different character and get to try something out um, that you don't get to do on the series? Besides well, being invisible you know, to everybody. About, <laughs> well, yes, that, of course. Um, but also, you know, Jess is uh, kind of similar to Kat, but she's also kind of her own person in that she's, she's like a free spirit and she's kind of, uh, she's the kind of girl who can get enthusiastic about almost anything, which means she can also get distracted by almost anything. And she doesn't really have as much of a clear, uh, idea of what she wants and you know where she wants to go you know Kat is so motivated and she knows exactly who she is and what she wants whereas Jess is just kind of this like butterfly that's like I don't know see where the wind takes me you know and that was kind of um a fun thing to get to kind of tap into because it's a big part of my own personality and um you know I also I didn't have to change my outfits because uh, when you're a ghost, you got one outfit. So. I wasn't even thinking of that. What a beautiful thing. <laughs> you know, wearing the same yellow jacket for 30 days. So <laughs> that was nice. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, that's a reminder. Always wear an outfit that you're comfortable in because you never know if that's going to be your ghost outfit. So love everything you wear. Exactly. <laughs> 
And Freeform's kind of known for their Christmas movie slate. And of course, our listeners are watching a ton of holiday originals this season, including Ghosting. What are some holiday movies that you make a point of streaming every year? Uh, well, I mean, the Jim Carrey version of The Grinch is like an absolute favorite of mine. Um, my mom and I, since I was a kid, like since it came out, really, uh, we've watched it every single Christmas and we never miss it. We know every single line. Uh, so that's a big one. And luckily also Katie and Megan from the show, they also know every line from the movie. So we quote that thing year round. So, uh, yeah, that's one I can't miss. That's a favorite of mine as well. And also the visual of trying to imagine you guys so doing good. it and also in the Jim Carrey voice is very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie's the one who actually knows like full monologues from the movie oh and gosh. she'll just bust them out any moment. <laughs> yeah, I mostly cute. just belt out that Faith Hill song on the soundtrack and just, where are you Christmas? Turn that up in the car. <laughs> yeah. Cry out the window as the rain falls on the window, you know, be in your own music video. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Aisha, before we let you go, is there anything else you want fans to know about Ghosting the Spirit of Christmas, which they can catch on Freeform on Wednesday, December 4th at 9 p.m.? Strap in and get ready for something that's just going to make you feel a lot of feelings and it's going to make you laugh and like get unexpectedly deep, you know? Although now that I warned you that it's unexpectedly deep, you're going to know it's kind of deep and meaningful so get ready for some feels you know that's absolutely what we want this holiday season get ready to feel something everybody don't miss ghosting the spirit of christmas <laughs> on freeform on wednesday december 4th at 9 p.m asia thank you so much for joining us today and happy holidays and thank you again to Megan Vick, to Aisha D, and also to all of you for joining us for All I Want for Christmas is this podcast. We will be back in your podcast feed this Thursday with an all-new episode to talk about Hallmark's Right Before Christmas, starring Chad Michael Murray. Please subscribe to follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at All I Want Pod. And until next time, happy holidays. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.